This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, dust off those passports, get Skyscanner bookmarked and stock up on the Factor 30. The Tangerines are back in Europe and we'll be looking back on how they got there on a very special Dundee United season review podcast. And joining us on the season review, I'm delighted to say we are joined by Jim Spence. Aloha. And even more delighted, if that's possible, we're joined by a man with 259 appearances for Dundee United, no less. We've actually got someone on that knows what they're talking about. (laughs) Uh, Welcome, Craig Easton. Thank you. Genuinely delighted to have you here. And first of all, I thought you might be a little bit too massive for these now that you're a regular on Sports Sound and that sort of thing. How are you enjoying the the media work and being honest? How much easier is it than all that coaching life? Um, it's definitely less less time consuming. It's it's been enjoyable. I've, I've really um, enjoyed going to the games and just winding in my kind of uh, zone in terms of watching games and players because it's been that week two bubble with Cowden Beef. Um, you're getting. You're obsessed with your own team. You're obsessed with the opposition and trying to work out how you win games, basically. And, 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 and you kind of get you get down that road. Um, so it's it's nice to sort of widen the horizon a little bit. And it's been good to see uh, United play a few times this season. I was going to say, we've obviously bumped into each other a few times uh, at Tanadice. I mean, we'll obviously go through the season in more depth. But speaking generally, have you been impressed with what you've seen from United in your, your time following them? I think in the latter part there, yes, it's um, it's, it's a great achievement. Let's not make two words about it, Jim. It's been outstanding um, in terms of the finish, uh, fourth place in the league. You would have taken that at the start of the season if you were a Dundee United fan. Um, you've maybe even overachieved. Yeah, Craig, I just, you know, I mean, I've had this debate with so many of my mates who are, are big Arabs. Some of them have been disappointed, you know, the quality of football. And one, you know, one mate of mine said to me, I'll make your eyes bleed. But I think what they've done this season is quite remarkable, you know, to, to finish fourth uh, behind a club like Hearts, who are much, kind of, probably much better resourced than a, a much bigger club. And to qualify for Europe, I think it's absolutely terrific, given where they were just a couple of seasons ago. I think maybe we just maybe need to put a wee asterisk on it, you know, because I think you look at last season's finishing ninth, um, they're four points. Uh, I think you look at it, yep, four points better off and you finish fourth. So I think you've got to look at the, the, the op- listen, you can only beat what's what in front of you right. and you end up with the points that you end up with. But that 48 points might not usually see you in fourth place. Um, so I think you've got to take it with... What were the rest of the, the... What was the opposition like? I mean, look at Aberdeen this season. You, you look at Hibs this season, bottom six. Um, and we'll probably go into this. But I think, although we're, we're, we're saying a great achievement, at the same time, you've got to park it with, you know, what has everyone else been like in the league? And, and, and really, it's been... It's been inconsistent, Jim. There, there and is an the rest of them, you know. There's an argument that's been the poorest league for some time, and I, I've got some sympathy with that. But I think you had it on the head. You can only beat what's placed in front of you, you know. And United uh, over the piece have done that to to end up in fourth position. I mean, I have to say, you know, there have been times when when I've watched them, and I thought no, that wasn't particularly attractive, you know. Um, yeah, but absolutely. but at the end of the day, um, it is what it is, and and they are where they are, and where they are, I think you cannot complain about people have got their passports out looking for a, a European trip now you know uh, very early on so much time has passed that it seems like a lifetime ago that Tam Courts was appointed and it's now that he's been a 
you know, in some people's eyes, a, a mitigated success, but I think undoubtedly a success nonetheless in the majority of perspectives. It's a long time ago that he was appointed and there was there was scepticism. I think it would be fair to say in some quarters there was even uh, vitriol regards his appointment. And I'd direct this one maybe towards, towards Craig, actually. You know, you've been in dressing rooms, you've had a new manager come in that's, you know, some of them were maybe proven, some of them maybe less so. How difficult would that have been for Tam Courts to get his message over, to win over the players? The players were all saying the right things, but from your experience as a player, would there have been an element of Tam having to go in there and win over the players? And how impressive is it that he did that? I think as a coach, you're always having to prove yourself in the training field whenever you go in, but certainly for for Tam, I mean, I've come across Tam a few times in terms of his his Kelty side. Mm -hmm. Murray Rovers development squad used to go and All right. play friendlies against them because they were they were a good side. They, they were unbeaten in that um, well league at the time or the junior league. They were, I think, it was one of the biggest unbeaten runs, and so we always wanted to go and play them. And Tam was quite happy because it gave his his lads an, another challenge. So I kind of know what he's like in terms of a, a manager and a coach and the way he wants his teams to play. Coming into Dundee United was a whole different ball game. And I, I'm not going to lie, I, I was surprised that it was Tam Courts that was going to be the manager. Nothing to do with his, you know, his, his coaching history or anything. It was just, it seemed like a bit of a unusual appointment in terms of where he was at, in, in terms of his, his coaching and management career. Um, but he's come in. Like you said, he's, he's either won over the dressing room or he's, he's proved himself that he's got his message across. And I think you probably have to have to look at Liam Fox in that respect again. He brings in Liam Fox, who's been a good assistant, been been a good coach at Hearts, and had a, had a wee bit of management experience at Cowden Beath, which would have stood him in good stead because it's it's not an easy job that one, <laughs> as, as I know well, being Gary's assistant. <laughs> but. You know, so he, he had he had that, and, and I think the two of them have went in and obviously proved to the players that they've 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 got them on side and got. They certainly wasn't even Jim's right. Some of the games it wasn't pretty to watch, but you could not um, question the work ethic and the. And I, th I thought when you get the buy-in in terms of that, you, you can build on other things. And I thought you you could see that early on. We 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 played them early on, Cowden Beath in the, a pre-season friendly way back in. Must have been July because it was it was really early on, and although we did well against them, you could see that they had a lot of quality in their team. Um, I just feel that it took a wee bit of time for it to gel. It wasn't they, they actually started the season quite well, but we'll, we'll probably go in, go into it how it just takes a, it takes time for for a team to settle. And I think by the end of the season, you got a, you got a better flavour of what Dundee United were by the last sort of dozen games or so. I mean, there's maybe a wee bit of uh, scope for I told you so here, Jim, so I'm maybe encourage that from you. I think I remember reading a column that basically said whether it's Tam Courts or whether it's Jose Mourinho, a risk <laughs> is a risk in Scottish football and, you know, give the man time. And he, uh, whilst I'm, I'm not sure he's the special one just yet, he has certainly proved, uh, somewhat proved your uh, prophecy through. Well, I was, I was slightly tongue-in-cheek that one, you know, as, as many of my columns are. But no, I mean, I, I was making a serious point. I mean, you know, Craig will know this, that the, the margin between success and failure in football can be wafer thin. It can be, you know, it can be a kind of an old. It can be a, a, a fag paper, basically. And and sometimes you do all the right things as a coach, um, as a manager, and it, it doesn't pay off for you. Know, so you can, we've seen it. We've seen high profile managers going. Look what's happened at Manchester United. You know, a club with you know all the money in the world. It, on the face of it, top players and all the rest of it doesn't work out. So um, Tom Courts on the face of it was a, was a risk and a big risk uh, for you know Tony Asgard to a point. 
Um, but they've appointed him. I think it, it, it's worked pretty well. I mean, he had... This is a difficult one because, he, you know, Scottish football's changing dramatically. You know, one time he went junior club, Kelty Hearts. We've seen the way the game, you know, there's the club that, that, that Craig was working at, you know, have tumbled out the Scottish, the old kind of traditional Scottish leagues, if you want, what, what we at one time called senior football, have tumbled out, you know, to, to join the East Stirlingshires, the Berwick Rangers clubs like that, and, and Kelty Hearts are suddenly in. So, you know, Tam Courts was used to a dressing room at Kelty Hearts where, you know, there would not have been a dressing room of shrinking violence. So, you know, transposing that into a higher level, um, I, I'm not sure it would be that much different. I mean, is there, is there a snob mentality when you go up the game and guys are full-time? Probably to some extent, but, you know, the players would have known him well. And I think Craig's right. The minute you go on the training ground, the guys get a, get a view for how it's been set out, the kind of structures, uh, the kind of routines and the drills that you're going through. Quite quickly, players will think this guy knows what he's about. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide. I mean, players will sush out even more so now. I think players are getting more... Uh, the question, the coaches, the managers, yeah. right or wrong way. Um, a lot of coaches uh, encourage it. And, and, and coaches encourage exactly, it. they do. Um, and there is a there is a time when it's the manager's way, and, and and that happens everywhere. But back in the day, you wouldn't have said a word. I mean, you wouldn't have. Been, right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have challenged Tommy McLean on anything that he set up. Or, um, <laughs> Jim McLean, can you imagine that? Eh? But you, but you know what? So the players will suss you out right away, right. and um, it's like. He's, he's obviously went in there and he's proved himself um, with that dressing room. But what, you, you were right as well, Jim. I, I'll pick you up on that point with Kelly Hearts. A lot of those players, that were, they were all ex-professionals. Mm -hmm. And I'm not meaning ex-professionals who are part-time, were full-time players yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, so like you said, he'd been used to coaching a high-level mm -hmm. player. Um, yes, it goes up and gets up every, mm -hmm. every league you get to. But I think it's got to be... What group you inherit in terms of are they are they receptive? Are players want to be coached? Are players want to learn and do better? Then I think you, if you get that answer, yes, you've got a good starting point. I, I think one of the intriguing things with Tom is that he's um, <clears throat> he's very much a modern coach. He's a communicator. He communicates well. People people accuse me of using buzzwords. No, I mean that's, that's the game we're in. Everybody uses buzzwords. You know, I mean that's part of the course. I mean, he, you know, he he speaks the modern footballer's language. You know, and um, I, I think he communicates well both with the, the media and he communicates well uh, with the, with the players as well. And although you know. A lot of the fans, I think, very early on were, were, were more than sceptical. I mean, so, so, some, some bluntly were furious, uh, you know. I mean, so, somebody said to me um, a, a while back, one of the scooter runs I knocked about with the scooter squad, and somebody said, oh, you told me 10 years ago United would have a junior manager in charge. And I said, well, the world moves on. And everybody learns, everybody learns. I think, um, you know, he has had a really solid grounding in, um, in football. And, you know, my column, you know, on the Marino thing was slightly tongue-in-cheek, but it was, it was a serious point. And I think one of the issues for United now, and I mentioned this in my most recent Courier column, is make sure to tie him down because it, his, his efforts will not have gone unnoticed. Jim, I think as well, when, when managers come in, and especially young, young managers, they tend to, you know, exaggerate the, or, or, or really focus on the positives and Tam at the start I think William Miller used to you know in sports round he, he, he kind of not had a go but he was he was saying about mm -hmm. Tam being ultra yeah. positive right I think I think managers do that especially young ones because they've got nothing sort of behind them in terms mm -hmm. of they're starting at a new yeah. club it's like Sean Maloney was probably the same at Hibs. Mm -hmm. I was listening to some of his interviews mm -hmm. watching some of the Hibs performances and they mm -hmm. probably weren't Italian no that's right Tam at the start probably mm -hmm. was the same that, that right. game against Cowden Beef we, we were a better yeah. team probably should have mm -hmm. won it I see Tam's interview and it was a wee bit mm. disrespectful, Aye. we felt, mm. but I understand why, because mm. he's trying to get a fan base yep. on side that are already sceptical, and I, I find sometimes, and they're in a no-win situation because 
he's trying to be so positive, but the fans are maybe saying, well, well that wasn't very good. Why no. are you being so positive? But then, mm -hmm. what do you want me to do? Do you know what I mean? He's, but, uh, he, but now I think when you see him more comfortable in the team, more comfortable in his formations and how he's managing the side, his interviews towards the back end of the season, well, he couldn't have been any more honest. He's absolutely grown into the role, you know, hasn't he? Because he's grown into it. He was very honest in what he was saying. Mm -hmm. his, his, you know, assessment of the game wasn't all we were doing great, we were brilliant. He was actually... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's when you're comfortable mm -hmm. in your job, and you, you get you get into a, into a zone where you can be more honest. Mm -hmm. And I think I think you've saw him grow this mm -hmm. season. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, it's not. I mean, this is you know, this is no love fest. I mean, has he had his critics? Yes. I mean, uh, oh, I, we're getting on to that. I, I mean, no, have <laughs> there been times when it's not been particularly good or pretty to watch? Yes. But I mean, I think on balance, you know, um, I suppose it depends how you measure success in football. And as every manager knows, every manager that's picked up his P forty five knows it's measured by results. That's the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fundamentally, Tam probably more than any manager this summer was going to be judged based on results. Beating Rangers early doors, drawing at Celtic Park early doors were exceptionally positive and probably needed in terms of getting some faith. However, there's no getting away from the fact it was a kind of winter of, of discontent, mm. if you like. It was, you know, there were uh, there was a six-game losing mm. run in there. The football was turgid, not helped mm. by, we have to say, you know, losing Lauren Shankland, mm. Fuchs' form falling mm. off a cliff as he probably looked for a, an escape route. Nevertheless, the football was poor. They weren't getting results and that period has probably I would say informed a lot of fans perspective on the things that need to improve at Dundee United so I mean we've touched on it briefly earlier but Jim I mean is that the does that have to be the priority next season taking what they've done in terms of being defensively stoic and adding some inspiration adding some stardust and making sure that that dour period over winter in particular isn't repeated going forward yeah I, I, you can overdo this but I mean C Craig will know when Craig played you know uh, well, under Tommy McLean Jim McLean was you know the, the legendary figure at Tardis and I still feel that there's an element whereby Dundee United players any player coming to that team and anybody who's in charge of that team has a cross to bear and that cross to bear is the fact that it's a club which achieved quite incredible things and that still lingers I mean I was at the, the Gothenburg night you know last Friday yeah. night at the Whitehall Theatre I mean you know the, the, the guys in that team and that squad are treated as absolute legends and, and, and rightly so you know Absolutely. Um, they're all kind of like me and they're all hurt but, uh, fortunately I've not got the plastic near the hips yet like Heggy and, <laughs> and, and company but, um, but you know so, so when you come Come in when when you're involved at, at Dundee United. There is a massive, massive burden on you, and it's not an easy thing uh, to shake. And and therefore, any new manager coming in, any new players coming in, will go through peaks and troughs. Now you're right when that, they went through that period. People immediately were on the back of courts, on the back of the players as well. They're on the back of Tony Asgard. He's got he's had it in the neck as well, the sporting director, you know. Um, but it's it's you know. Life at every level, whatever you do, you know, whether you're a Briggies labourer, whether you're a, a neurosurgeon, everybody has peaks and troughs. It's how you handle the disappointments in life. It's how you come through them. It's how you retain your kind of, your mental balance and your mental strengths and how you come through them. And I think, you know, both the playing staff and the coaching staff have come through it very, very well. I, th I think round about that period you're talking about, I remember, um, you're right, folks. You know, he, he was maybe one, but he got injured as well just before yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so that was a big blow because he, he was playing quite well at the time. He, he was. Um, Dylan Levitt had his injury problems at that sure. time as well. Levitt and we've seen how important he is. Mm -hmm. But he just couldn't get going either because I don't think they could get the shape right in the middle of the part. I mean, I, I was I was looking at it and I was just thinking, um, obviously Shankland was a mess and they were trying to, they were going with like mm -hmm. um, different 
options up yeah. front, which none of them were working. Louis Appery, we were trying to mm-hmm. play as your main number nines or centre forward. That, that, that for me, big way. I, I love him. I, I coached him um, in, in the reserves, but he's not going to be that one for you. No. He's not going to hold. He's not mm-hmm. great with his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not great with his back to go mm-hmm. in, in terms of his link up playing stuff. But can he run at people? Yes. Mm-hmm. But so we're kind of. I think Tam was maybe having to play people a wee bit out of position mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but also, I think once they once they got into being able to select uh, and Charlie Mulgrew's injury mm-hmm. played a part in that that as well over that sort of Christmas period, I mean maybe January and that. But once you kind of got him back in and and, and you got people sort of a good run of games down level, got better run of games under him, then you started to see them improve and 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 you started to see Tam getting his shape better. The three five two or the three four three has got to be the way forward, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. way it mm-hmm. is. And I think the three four three will depend on what striker you bring in in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. But, but that three five two works for him, um, and Charlie Mulgrew's integral to to mm. all because whether he plays at the back or he plays in that midfield, I think you want him to play centre half. Mm. But and and I think he gives you the more defensively they, they, they were pretty solid. I mean that's the thing they maybe weren't scoring goals. They maybe went through that period at Christmas, but they weren't losing games. Mm. They were drawing games. They weren't they weren't they weren't winning goals, and their, their goal difference was pretty good this season in terms of their goals against. But I think one. I think when when he's got that shape that is that he knows what he's got towards the end of the season, and he can add maybe a couple to it. Um, he know, he knows what he's going to be. He knows he know, he knows his starting point. Yeah. Uh, and and that's a bit, that's a big bonus for him. I, I think Alan's right. Alan makes a point that you know. I, I think you're always talking about kicking on in life. You know, I mean, particularly in football. And I think there is no doubt that, you know, for all I've kind of eulogised them and, and think they've done brilliantly uh, this season and all the rest of it, I think there are high expectations, not just in terms of results, but fans want to be entertained, you know. Um, the, and I hesitate to give that the old kind of, in a working class city like Dundee, because no one tells you what these, you know, these terms working class, middle class mean uh, anymore. But in a city where a lot of people are economically challenged, you know, you know, a lot of people, you see it with the way support, a lot of people back the club. Brilliantly, you know the the way the way support in, in particular is phenomenal. It's a lot of young guys, young girls back in the club, a lot of older guys, older girls back in the club. And they're putting their, their money um, where their mouth is, and and they want you know they want the club to win, but they want to be entertained as well. And I think you know we don't expect any Scottish club these days play play like Barcelona. You know, I mean that that's that's not going to happen. We know that, but you do expect a level of entertainment, and I think that's the next step up for United. They have to kind of if anything, be a wee bit more aggressive in the pursuit of entertainment. They have to kind of push on uh, in, in that respect because some of the stuff this season was just a wee bit too heavy on the eye. Yeah, and I mean, not notwithstanding that, uh, perhaps lack of entertainment at times, the thing that they I guess they must be credited for is when other teams perhaps weren't grinding out results, when other teams perhaps were slipping further behind, we touched on Hibs, Aberdeen, mm-hmm. not vintage seasons, Dundee United, did manage to keep grinding out results and it's kind of characterised their running. You know, we moved past January and there's been, you know, big setbacks. You know, they officially lost uh, Fuchs. They lost people that perhaps would have been useful in hindsight now that we look at the lack of depth. You know, Aperi, Conley, Reynolds, Chalmers, guys that maybe, you know, you mm. look at who they have been playing in the running, they could perhaps have been useful. However, Ian Harks, Peter Paul, Max Biamu. Yeah, Ian Harks has scored four mm. goals from midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably having probably his best season at the club this season. Who's this? Ian Harks. Oh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a huge Harks you know, fan. He's a box-to-box box midfielder, Absolutely. but he's added goals this season right. and then he just, like, he's on a bit of a run mm-hmm. um, and, he, and, he, and he gets injured. He cops an injury, um, that's right. And, and, and like, it, it kind of coincides with Charlie Mulgrew. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't an excuse because every team goes through yeah. injuries, but when 
the depth isn't always there, it, it does have an effect. Do you yeah, know what I, I mean? think I think there's sometimes an element of fans hate hearing excuses for things not going right, but at the same time, sometimes excuses aren't excuses. Sometimes they're reasons. Well, the facts of life. I totally agree with that. The facts of life, it's as simple as yes. that. I mean, the, the, I mean, the Harks one is an intriguing one because I know a lot of guys weren't particularly keen. I'm still, some of them, I agree with you, Craig. I think he, he, he is a box-to-box player. He brings a, a tremendous energy and a vitality, uh, great legs, a, a bit of vision. Does he, does he sometimes squander a ball? Yes, but by and large, you know, I think he brings a great deal. So, you know, when he went out of the team, um, they've had their fair share the Pollock one was a big Pollock's one as well because yeah. Pollock, Pollock gives yeah. you a pace and a directness that is very very hard to replace I mean we talk about depth I mean United have actually got a big squad you know yeah. there's a big big squad of numbers on, on the books at times but so many of them are, are basically kids yeah. you know and, and that's the problem when, when you needed to reach into that and bring a wee bit of experience and that was always going to be difficult when you were losing players through injury yeah you've touched on that it's 16 different academy mm. graduates that have had minutes for Dundee United this season Craig, I mean, you've worked with young footballers. You've been a young footballer emerging at Dundee United yourself. Um, Which of these boys have perhaps really impressed you? And also, what's the next step in their development? Is it about strengthening mentally, physically? How do they really kick on? Yeah, we've spoken about it as well when I've met you at the games. And Ross Graham's been one that's come in and and nothing's phased them, really. Uh, The old firm games, not not a problem with them. Um, He's added a couple of goals. He's looked stronger. I, I coached him when he was in the reserves, under 18s, going into the reserves. And mm-hmm. a big thing was trying to get him physically stronger because he was he's a he was a big, tall, mm-hmm. gangly. He hadn't grown into his body. Well, yet, that's you know amazing because I mean? he's a brick wall now. So, so now he looks. You know, he's done a bit of work in the gym, which was, yeah. was, was started when we were in there, and and that was a main thing. And I think I think his pace as well has improved because that was maybe something. But I think that happens mm-hmm. when you're growing and and, and mm-hmm. your kind of your body isn't. Um, it's not settled into, yeah. you know, it's, it's athletic sort of shaping that. And I think he's, he's done that. So he's he's looked a real good, um, he's, it's almost been like a new signing because he's been out and won and then he's come back and he's, he's come and he's settled into that back three mm-hmm. alongside, obviously it's great to play against, mm-hmm. alongside Charlie Mulgrew and, and, and your skipper Ryan Edwards, but that back three looks pretty solid now. Um, the other one that, they, that I really like and we speak about is Archie Mikkelsen. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's yeah. got a few games there. He's got a few appearances near the end of the season. I think he's one that can go on and go and play. Just called up for Scotland under twenty ones mm-hmm. as well, which yeah. I imagine would be a great boost mm-hmm. for him. Delighted for him because mm-hmm. he's, and it's deserved as well. You see him; he's that type of player as well. That I think it worked well with him and Darwin Levitt mm-hmm. near the end there. They were he gets about the park. He's not maybe the, the biggest physically, but mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be because he uses his body yeah. well. Um, he knows he knows when to release the ball. Mm-hmm. He's ahead of the game in that respect. Um, so maybe he doesn't get he doesn't need to get into these physical exchanges as much because he's but even when he does he's tenacious yeah his work rate's incredible I'm I'm really happy I, I hope to see more of him next season uh, I don't know how that's going to work with that midfield I think obviously Wayne Hearts is going to mm. come in there. I don't know if it's, it's looking unlikely Levitt's going to be around again yeah I, I I would find it hard to see Levitt staying I know United fans are desperate for him and I think it's probably a chunk of the laddie that wants to stay but you know what a professional football player you know you'll have played with umpteen guys whose careers with great prospects careers cut short through injury or just you know sometimes it just doesn't happen for, for reasons you can almost not put your finger on so you yeah, bluntly you've got to make hay where the sun shines as a pro and and Levitt now I think has to look south of the border where he can earn I mean he's probably on very good money at Man U I'm not sure what United are picking up with it but you know when you go south particularly to the championship you're not going to Premier, uh, the Premier League but you go to the championship but even below it you, you, you start to earn life changing money not life enhancing money and that, that, I would I would find it hard to see him 
coming back. Unless they can come to some deal with, with Man U or that. But he probably now, with a new manager coming in at Man U and all the rest, he probably wants to go and try and stamp his imprimatur on things, you know? It's fair to say Jim's breaking Arab hearts <laughs> with that one, but <laughs> no, no I'd well, perhaps so, a dose of realism. Of potentially bad news, but... It, I, th I think it's realistic, and I think it then just looks at who's going to swat into the midfield. I think if Archie Meekinson... I think he, he, he's proven, and I would love to see more of him get a run of games. I'd love to see him in there beside maybe a, a holding midfielder so that he can get himself a wee but, bit but further forward. This, this you is know? the chance. You'd have done it as a young player. You know, yeah. you're champing at the back and, and you're looking, you're thinking, you know, good young players should be saying, I can do what he's done. I can do it. I can be him. I can be better than him. That's what you, that's what you, that's why I, I quite enjoy seeing a player coming off angry at his manager because if a player comes uh, subbed or something like that, he's no angry at his manager. You, you know, there's something wrong with him. The mentality of being a, a professional football, you know, life is littered by guys like me who were possibly decent juvenile or junior or amateur players who used to wonder about, you know, I wonder if I could have. And then you go and you play these charity games or, you know, Tuesday night at the Lynch Centre in Dundee for years, we played with a squad of ex-juniors. Graham Payne come along and very quickly you realise the difference. <laughs> between the wannabes and the could have beans and the pros you know but uh, I think you're know. doing yourself a disservice Jim I've heard no, uh, from other people that were not bad um. it must have been a drugs <laughs> no I mean seriously I mean you're looking I think for guy, young guys looking and if Dylan and I hope he stays but you know if he moves on you're looking for young guys really to be charming that door and some of them have done it already this season like Mikkelsen but you spoke about the mentality he's the one for me that's got that mentality he was coming in um, when I was there kid. but he was coming in there as a, a he was still at school so he was coming in in Darius that's right and when he was coming in, Robbie Nielsen was asking myself and Scott Robertson, who can, you know, who do you mm. want to promote into my training today mm. and, and give us the names? And and we were saying he can train me. He's not he's not yeah. he's not full time, he's not mm. one of the apprentices yet, but he can go and train me. He could go and train with your first team because he's he's got the mentality, wouldn't phase him. Mm. He's also got a good touch, first touch, etc. So right away we were thinking, get him involved in your, your training because you can see that he's one that, that would do it. I mean, I think him and Ross Graham could go and play next mm. season, the majority of it. Under that, I don't know how, and it's like, Tam's done well in giving them bits mm -hmm. and pieces and mm -hmm. wee, wee bits of experience, but it's got to be, who, who can go and stay in that team for 20, 30 games? I'm, I'm not so sure, and I'm looking at the ages of mm. them. Yes, some of them are very young, but you've got like Lewis Nielsen's at 19 now, Chris Mockery's 19, so you've got mm -hmm. to be looking at these players to start... Yeah. Now's, now's your opportunity. Uh -huh. You need to go and start be playing on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously the manager needs to give mm -hmm. them the opportunity. But can you be like Ross Graham going to play 15? Mm -hmm. Can you, Ross Graham's target's got to be 25, 30. He's got to double that. Archie Meekinson, can you go and get 20, 23, 24 games? Mm -hmm. That's what you've got to be looking at as a young player. How can you improve on the season before? Mm -hmm. And yes, you're not in control of it because it's about your manager. It's about how the team's doing. But listen, if Dundee United are going to say, you know, we've got a really good influx of young players, give them a chance mm. and see, see how they do, you know. Ultimately, despite the the influx of youth mm. players and the injuries and departures, United did fundamentally get the job done. I don't think any of us are going to be here and patronise the supporters and say it's a vintage no. top six, but the, you can only beat what's in front of you and Dundee United got that job done. And some big performances latterly, it has to be said, that 1-0 win over Motherwell, mm. huge victory mm. when they really needed it. 1-1 draw against Celtic, who picked that out? I mean, that's... We were just discussing Dylan mm. Levitt and Archie Mikusen there. They were both fabulous in that game. Just another one of Dylan Levitt's one-man goal mm. of the season mm -hmm. compilation in that one. Just he fantastic. A few crackers, isn't he? Oh, yeah, just probably. terrific. I mean, that's something he's really added mm. to his game as he's gone on. And that's a, a real standout attribute that he's got to add to the way that he can dictate a, a game. But And then the finale, so it goes to Ross County and... 
the fans have the time of their life um, and when the, the dust settles and the smoke clears, literally, um, <laughs> in, in that case, Dundee United have qualified for Europe and I think we've you know we've discussed some some key players we've discussed Tam but now speaking more generally uh, Craig what does it mean you know having represented Dundee United having have awareness of the expectations good or bad at that football club how important is it that they you know albeit it may not be the longest run in the world but how important is it that they are back on that sort of European stage it's great for everyone isn't it it's, like, I remember being involved in the UEFA Cup when I yeah. was an 18 year old um, and going on the trips we went over to Andorra and we went over to uh, Trabzonspor actually the, the oh, Turkish wow. champions and uh, this, you know some of the stories from that trip are, are wild because they, their fans were were incredible uh, they were keeping us up the night before and, and they actually had to change hotel but these are some Did of you? the things that you're mm -hmm. going to uh, come across when you, you get into European football the fans are going to have a great time um, the players are going to love it what an experience for some of them You've got good experience in it that in, in your squad that have, that have tasted European competition, Tony Watt and Charlie Mulgrew among <coughs> them. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great adventure. It's going to be an amazing adventure. I just think that this season they're going to need to improve in certain areas. I think if, I, I think we, we, we talked about them in an attacking sense, Jim. I think you need to create more chances yeah. for, your, for, your, for your strikers, whoever that's going to be. And I think maybe your wing-backs need, need to you know, um, add a wee bit more to the attacking third, I'm looking at Omari Niskanen, sorry. Um, one goal, I think he's a player you need more goals mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. William Smith's actually had two, and he's maybe a wee bit a quieter one in terms of that, and he's played centre midfield a few times as well. He's been a little bit of a utility man at times, uh, when needs must. But I think you've got to be looking for more out of players. Tony Watts came in and only scored one goal. Listen, he's done a lot of mm -hmm. really good work, and he's put, uh, had some really good performances, but you need a, a, bit, a bigger attacking threat. But, Going back to the European thing, for the city, for for the players, for the for the fans, it's going to be a great Jim, You've been with the team um, abroad and followed the team. It, it's I mean, and the, the thing is, United have got kind of you know, United are still a name on the continent. You know, people yeah. know, people know the name. I mean, any time you were abroad, people knew the name. You know, and um, they know the kit. I think they know the kit. As well, I, you know? I mean, it, it, it stands out and it, it puts the city on the map, puts the club on the map. It gives the fans something to look forward to. And again, you know, the, the, there was a wee spell where you know, I think the money has been rearranged and um, at UEFA so that it trickles in a wee bit more and there's a wee bit more of it because at one time it was kind of almost like a lost leader. You know, I remember on a couple of Saints trips, Stevie Brown complained. I mean, we we'll lose money on this. You know. But Stevie was always complaining, you know. But um, <laughs> uh, but you know th that was the case. But I mean, now actually, you can you know if you get where you're running this, you can actually make substantial funds. Plus, you you know you're, you're yeah, the name of the, the name of the club, the name of the city, we know that. But the name of the club kind of gets out and about there, and it's good for players to be involved and have that European. Uh, pedigree and and you, you know you get to see some kind of great places. I mean you know I mean I, I, the, the, the one of the one of the ones that sticks in my mind was the trip to uh, Prezhov, Tatran Prezhov. Were you were you on that as a no, young player? Did no. you try to you know that was um, uh, Ivan was a manager at the time uh, and. Uh, we, 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 Jim, God bless him. There was, there was somebody, if I recall, uh, rightly after that very disappointing trip, um, on the, the plane back, as a punter managed to get out the, the fire exit, go on the wing or something before we took off. <laughs> yeah. And we, we, Jim was off, we, Jim was off for banjo on him, you know. <laughs> it, was, oh. it was incredible, incredible stuff, like, you know, but, um, it's, it's, it's great to go to, to these places, particularly. Well, the fans you know, are buzzing, so, aren't they? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I tell you, there'll, there'll be a huge, um, there'll be a huge away support goes, but if they get, a, if they get a trip that's that's within you know within decent travelling distance it isn't going to burst the bank they'll, yeah. they'll take a big big support 
support. There was always a decent support, um, you know, went abroad anyhow, you know, with United. Not, not necessarily the Rangers, uh, you know, uh, numbers, obviously, but they always took good support. People always loved it, going on these sort of trips, you know what I mean? There was, I always remember going to Moopa 47. Well, you, were, you were gone by the Moopa trip, I think, no, you know, uh, Moopa 47. Um, I, got, I got whisked up in the dance floor that night where uh, um, I was sitting having a drink with Peter Rundo, the, the, the long-established yeah. programme editor, when a woman whisked it was Lady's Choice and she whipped me up in the dance floor and we got in the crack and she wasn't letting me, wasn't letting me go. I thought, I must be that good-looking <laughs> Scottish you know, uh, uh, ginger hair there. And I said, she said to me, uh, what do you do? I said, I'm a journalist with the BBC. I'm, I'm working here. Oh, yeah. I said, what do you do? Um, she said, I'm a, I'm a divorce counsellor. I said, oh, is, 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 is your husband here? She said, no, I'm divorced. You know? <laughs> I made my escape. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, listen, we'll have more, uh, we'll have more chat about uh, potential European adventures and also kind of looking ahead to next season in part three. But for the moment, that was brilliant, guys. And in the next part, we're going to be out on location with... Dundee United captain Ryan Edwards, I caught up with him after the, as we said, smoke had cleared uh, up in Dingwall as Dundee United secured fourth spot uh, with a 2-1, a breathless, dramatic 2-1 victory over Ross County. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Dundee United skipper Ryan Edwards. And to set the scene a little bit, we are uh, just found a quiet spot in Ross County's Global Energy Stadium. It's been a, a remarkable day's football. 2,300 Dundee United fans here to see the season out. So before we have a wee reflection on the campaign that's just gone, a word for what that was like to play in, Ryan, and uh, the following you guys got today. We were well aware of what was coming up. We've seen a report all week, 2,300 fans. I think the first allocation sold out and they give us more. Obviously the fans are wanting more tickets, the club want more tickets and they, to be fair to Ross County, they, they provided it and we knew they'd sell out again. They'd come up in the numbers, looked like they probably had a party bus on their way up because it was a party atmosphere and then it was all going to plan, weren't it? We were comfortable first half and then they go and, they go and score a worldy second half and you're thinking, oh, they're going to spoil the party here and then I just felt like on the pitch we were, we were still going to win the game. We were just dead comfortable, get the penalty and then what better way to do it at the end there, in front of the away support? That away support has been a constant all season, it seems. I remember the last-minute winner at St Mirren again. That one was incredible as well. That following that you do get, particularly on the road, how much of a, a pep in your step does that always give you? It's massive, yeah. And you go back to Hibbrewey, sold out. Aberdeen away, sold out. You know, Dundee Derby's, St Johnston's away. They, they do travel in the numbers, so it does... When we're not playing so well, you can understand why they do get frustrated, but they stick at it, they stick with us. And it's great for us to play, to, to play in front of, because a lot of other clubs would wish they had the support or the support on the road we had um, this year and hopefully continues into next year and, and now they've got Europe to look forward to. This is the first time we've been able to have a proper reflection on the season. I know footballers will always say, next game, next game, next game. So this is literally the first time we're able to actually look back and say, what did you guys put on the board? And as you kind of start to, to reflect, how proud are you of what the, the club, Tam Courts and, and the players have achieved this time? It's been massive. Um, but since them first couple of games of the season, we, we realised we were a good team. Um, obviously, pre-season was the Premier Cup games, which took care of themselves. And we go to look back at that Aberdeen game and you're thinking, we, we've got some improvement to do here. Going into Rangers next next week at home, a little change of um, formation and stuff, and we kicked on well from there. And we looked like a good team, and we had a good feeling right through. Obviously, every team it's a it's a bad spell at some point, and we we did that around Christmas time. Struggled to get uh, wins on the board, but then when we did get points on the board, we had to fight ugly and play different ways and, and try and earn it. And 
obviously COVID hit again. We were, we went to Ibrox with near enough far under 18s and we were unlucky that day. So it has been a long, long hard season as it, is, as it has been for every other team. But sometimes it's just about getting the job done one way or another. Just finding a way to win, whether that be probably nice football like today or whether it'll be you know, shape mid in a way when you've got to dig in and Ross County at home to be fair when you're in your, it's not going so pretty and you've got to find different ways to win and look at the clubs who haven't made a top six there's massive clubs there and bigger budgets than us no one fancied us at the start of the season did they? I think we were the favourites to go down by a lot of bookmakers and be interesting so what do you, what do you think now after, after the season's over and it's, it's all said and done now and we're sitting fourth It's almost like you, you predicted what I was going to ask next it seems like a long time ago now the start of the season but how aware were you as a group of players of some of the criticism of Tam's appointment and how did he go about winning you guys over and how quickly did you realise, yeah, this guy's the real deal? Personally, I was late in because of COVID myself into pre-season. So I think, you know, the, the weeks leading into the first game of the season, although Aberdeen away never went to plan, the messages were always clear. We always knew what was asked of us and what we needed to do. You know, change of formations, personnel when they've had to. And then, as you say there, people, there was a lot of eyebrows raised, I think, when, when it, the appointment was done. And, a lot of question marks all all around the news and stuff. So it's a nice achievement as well for the manager and, and the staff, Foxy, Adam, and Tony, and, and the owner as well, because they had the belief in him and, and it's paid off. Because if it didn't, if it didn't have paid off around you know early doors, it could have been it could have been a messy one from from the fans' reaction and stuff like that. But you know, I think it's more than paid off. I, I, they all they deserve all the credit for that, as, as the players do as well. Absolutely, it's a decade since obviously Dundee United last played a European tie. 2012, uh, you can see what it means to the, the supporters, but as a player, uh, particularly as captain, you'll be wearing the armband leading this club out in Europe. Can you even start to articulate what that will mean to you, Ryan? Probably after, over the next few days it will. I'll start to think about stuff and as, as the draw gets closer and the teams who are in it, who we can end up facing will be in it. It'll all start to um, come into my mind then, but today is just about well, enjoying the weekend now, enjoying tonight and tomorrow. We've got a, a do tonight at back in Dundee and we've got to play the awards tomorrow. It'll be good to get everyone there and, and celebrate properly because it, it's something to celebrate, isn't it? We've gone and got Europe, we've finished fourth. To be fair to Hearts, they've been the next best after the old firm and they've come to comfortably had third nailed down for a few weeks and then it was about getting what's next best. Any particular European destinations you've fancied visiting that you would like to tick off with Dundee United? Whoever the biggest teams are, you, know, you want to go and play with the biggest arenas because it's all a good experience. And just the main thing is for us to go and enjoy it now. We've earned it. Let's go and enjoy it and wait for the draw and the dates to see who we come up against. It's obviously a massive thing to, to go and go and compete in. And the club, hopefully, the, the club get a get a giant like that at some point. And you know, because they've earned it and, and they've they've made big decisions this year and they've paid off. And hopefully, they get it paid back to them in, in the Euro, good European side. Are there any particular moments over the course of this season that you can reflect on? Any particular games that you're proud of or you, you thought were particularly memorable? Got, I got asked this one the other day. For me personally, I'd have to say the, the first Dundee derby at Tannadice because I had an experience there before and I, I'd heard a lot of things. It was a sellout, first time I'd seen the fans back in as a sellout. You know, after the COVID restrictions and stuff, and, and just the way we won the game pretty late on at the end, we we read, rode our luck with Charlie's tackle, my goal line clearance. The whole city was bouncing after that. So personally, I'd have to say that one. But then there's other ones like late equalisers, St Mirren away, Ross County at home, Ross County today. All them late ones show great character, and it's not easy to do when when you know chasing something. And we got the job done uh, a good few times this year, and today was another one. And, 
Scottish nailed down for four spots. And just finally, before I let you get on back on the bus and the, the long road back down to Dundee, as you look to next season, you've mentioned Hearts, clearly the, the third force in Scotland this season. Does trying to, to challenge them have to become the target? And also, I presume, silverware would obviously be a, a major aim for most of the boys in that dressing room. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Hearts have set a standard for where everyone else who, who've got ambitions of challenging up the top end of the table, they've set the standard for... You know, the likes of us, your Aberdeens, your Hibs, all big clubs who want to cement that third place down. Uh, and, you know, if you can upset Celtic and Rangers, then be that as well. But got your upset now in fourth place, so it's a big attraction for players. Uh, and a big, it's a big advantage for the manager. And Tony went for when they're trying to attack players and better players now, hopefully, to, to come in and make us better. And that's what, that's what we all want here, to, to keep getting better and keep going forwards. Pleasure, Ryan. Enjoy your summer. Yes, thanks very much. Massively appreciate Ryan's time for that one and uh, we'll let him enjoy a, uh, a well-earned summer break. Meantime, we're back in the studio and looking ahead to next season. And just to, uh, just when we thought Tam could bask in the kind of uh, glory of his uh, season just gone by, we're going to pile the pressure on him straight away. Has uh, Craig, is the pressure now on Tam to kick on? Because there's a... You know, it's an argument that says fourth place is probably well ahead of where Dundee United expected to be this season. And now, whilst it's maybe overstating it to suggest that's a minimum for next season, it's now something of a benchmark that next season will be compared against. I think they maybe have punched above their weight a wee bit um, this season. But like I said, no, no one no one took the impetus. No one no one ran with a game of... Uh, with a run of games. No one put any consistency together uh, round about them. So... If that happens, then Dundee United hung in there, and at the end of the end, end of the season, they, they, they had a few wins that took them over the line. Um, and like you said, Tam's job starts as soon as the season finishes. Yeah, um, that's the thing about a football manager. You're you're always looking at the next, and we, we've been looking at that for for some time. I've, I was I was hearing them this week talking about um, getting closer to talking about targets and 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 people resigning, um, and they've, and they've, they've, they've probably been looking at that from the, the middle of the season I mean teams are always the recruitment needs to be key now it's it's so difficult especially when you've you've maybe not got a lot of money to spend um, <clears throat> I don't know what the Tam's budget is going to be but I'm sure it's it's, it's not going to be outrageous it's, it's, you're trying to get everything right and that's so tough because you're not going to get every signing right you're not going to get every decision in that transfer window correct but if you can have a, a high percentage of that then it gives you an opportunity and we, we kind of were, we're talking about places that they can improve on and it's got to be attacking hasn't it I mean mm-hmm. you look at the goals only St Martin St Johnson and Dundee have, have scored less goals mm-hmm. in Dundee United which is incredible that they finished fourth, fourth in the league I think that's yeah. a testament to how they've been set up defensively, defensively um, how they've defended mm-hmm. um, and maybe as well a bit opposition not mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. brilliant attacking yeah. against them but at the same time um, their goal, they've been pretty I think the word was stoic in terms of defensively mm-hmm. If they can build on that next season, but they need to add players that um, are going to be a wee bit more creative. Are we yeah, going to get the fans off their seats? I mean, how many? T- I spoke to Gary. We were talking about Gary mm-hmm. Bowen. I spoke to, I speak to Gary. How many? He's, he's watching games and he's he's not seen people take people on as yeah, much. He's not true. seen a winger go past someone one v one two one v two. It's like you know the game. The game's kind of lost that element of it. Is there anyone out there that can go and do that? I think Tony Watt can. I think his role with Motherwell mm. was maybe a wee bit different. I think he's came to Dungeon United and he's done a lot of hard work. I'd like to see Tony Watt unleashed a wee bit next season. 
Can yeah. Logan Chalmers do that, perhaps? <clears throat> well, we'll find out if, if, if he gets the extended run. But that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, people like Logan, I think I've got to kind of bang that door and say, look, I, I can do this. I, I'm the man that can do this for you. You know, it can kind of break through this this creative logjam, if you want. You know, that's that's what you're needing. I mean, I, I agree with you, Tony Watt. I'm a big Tony Watt fan. He carries the ball well. He supplies well. You know, he, he, he puts in um, really accurate crosses and all the rest of it. Um, but when he came from Motherwell, I think people thought they were signing an out-and-out goal scorer. And he hasn't, he hasn't done that. I don't think he's an out-and-out striker anyhow. But I think there's a, there's an element of what you say that I kind of hate to use the phrase of modern-day game. I think, you know, um, things are tighter than ever before because the the, pros- the, 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 the problem, I think, in the Scottish Premiership is, is as Dundee are about to uh, find out and, and potentially St. Johnson, you know, the, the, the fall from grace is not only um, a moral one, you might say, it's financially crippling as well. And I think right through the league, quite often there's a real paralysis creeps in to teams and to managers as well. You know, the, the key thing is let's not lose this you know it's not so much let's win this it's let's not lose this because the the effects can be hurt I mean look, you know look what happens I mean Sean Maloney gets what four months at Hibs and he's at the door um, you know how, how can you expect any manager young or old to be gung-ho and take chances with creative fast-flowing football I mean it's, it's easy for punters to say oh you do this do that next when you're when you're next on the line, you know it's the mentality is to kind of have what you hold and maybe be a wee bit tighter. But against that, there is the expectation and the demand of fans to see more attacking play and and, and frankly, at United to see more goals. And 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 that's been that's been a massive let, let down this season. It's not even a case of they're not being clinical enough. They've simply not made enough chances to be to have somebody to be clinical. So they've got to they've got to start providing you know nine ten balls in the box. You'll, you'll get something out of things, you know. An important point, I think what you said about Tony Watt being the ball carrier, mm. it does release a lot of pressure mm. in terms of when yeah. he gets the ball, he buys a lot of fouls. Mm. I mean, how many times yeah, does he get right. fouled? Um, and he's clever with mm. them as well, which, which mm. you need to be, but he does really well in terms of carrying it from deep in the middle mm. third and he tries to get mm. into the attacking third and he tries to get into the other half and he does get a foul or he does mm. he does maybe create something or, or, or play a pass. I saw him doing a lot of his work with Motherwell really up and a lot of it was kind of 40 yards to the byline. Um, and that was when you see him cutting in and whipping shots in. When, when you see him, you know, providing more more crosses. And maybe maybe it's just because I think there's the role he's just been maybe asked to play in terms of how Dundee United have been set up and, and, and maybe just the personnel. But his work rate, which I didn't believe was, was something that I was... I was you know, it was high mm. on his, his list of attributes. His work, his work rate has been excellent. Well, he's a real grafter. Yeah. yeah, he is a grafter. I mean, the subtext is, is very much this, but to put it bluntly, this is a huge summer for the recruitment department and sporting director Tony Ascar, isn't it? Because you're looking at this and Callum Butcher's probably not going to be around. Dylan Levitt could be leaving. That central midfield needs completely rebuilt, probably needs some additional numbers in the flank. You need a striker and Benjamin Segrist is leaving. So mm-hmm. you look back... Jeez, so that, Alan, when you put it on like that, you're well, here, so there's well, a lot of work to do, yeah, you know? So I, mean, <laughs> well, but I mean, genuinely, like that's... <laughs> you know, we talk about the pressure on Tam Courts. We talk about how, you know, how he must progress. He also needs to be mm-hmm. given the tools because this club has a huge rebuild, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and that's where the... I mean, this, the, the, the role at United is... A, is 
or the structure of United is one that I still think a lot of people in Scottish football, particularly fans and others, are slightly, if not uncomfortable with, unsure about. You know, the, the director of football, the sporting director, call it what you will. What is the role? Who, who identifies the players? What's the manager's role? Is he really just a coach? Does he has he handed these players, or does he get you know does he get a, an input, a small input, a big input, a large input? You know, what's what's the input that he gets? You know, so you've got all these things. Uh, but if you've got a sporting director, obviously, you know, in, in United's case with Tony Asgard, he's the man that um, uh, you know pretty much that, that Mark Ogren, um trusts to, to you know to, to the over, in that overarching role of kind of seeing the day to day. Uh, advancement of the club and 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 the the massive part of that I mean Jeff Brown used to always say to me the key thing about me hiring a manager is he must have player identification skills and and that's what United will you know if they've not and I'm absolutely sure they will have done if they've not they'll been remiss but they will have been busy for the last months and months and months now identifying targets into the future you know various agents coming offering players chasing agents with players. Tony's got that background anyhow, so, you know, he's got a contacts book that'll choke a horse, and already I would like to think United have identified um, the players that they want, and that, that'll be a, a group of players, that'll not just be half a dozen, they'll be, you know, if we don't get him, then we go for him, if we don't get X, then we go yeah. for Y, and up against that, of course, you've got, you know, clubs like Aberdeen uh, and Hibs and Hearts, you know, I mean, two, two down, you know, you've got Aberdeen and Hibs down the top, uh, in the bottom six, Davy Cormack and Ron Gordon will be insistent, that's not happening again, so they're going to have to offer, you know, a carrot. Now, this is where United score, they're in Europe, they're a club who are kind of on the up and up, there's a great kind of tradition about the club, there's a great sense at the moment of advancement, of progress being made, younger players, other players, you know, will be looking and thinking, oh, fancy that, go Easter Road again, 500 quid a week, is it, we'll balance this against that, you know, can United kind of close that gap a wee bit, you're into all these things, it's, there's a million and <laughs> one things, you know, uh, in football, but the player identification at the moment will have been going on for months and months, and, and they've got to identify all of these ones, because we still don't know, you yeah. know, I mean, we're Conf- I'm not confident, but I think there's some hopes that Alexa Harks will be staying, for instance. Segrist is going, we know that. Now. That's a big Levin, one for me, we'll Benjamin Segrist, oh, huge. goalkeeper. Absolutely and, and huge. he's been excellent. Huge, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think you also look at that and say, look how long it took him, really, to get settled. Yeah. To get settled mm-hmm. and, and, and it did. It wasn't It wasn't instant, certainly wasn't. In fact, no, there was a, it was Matty, Matty Rackinen, wasn't it? Um, between the two of them, there wasn't mm-hmm. really a, yeah. a designated number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like, but, but once Benjamin got in, mm-hmm. he's been excellent yeah. and, he, and he's elevated his game. And I think he's probably going to get a decent mm-hmm. move out, out, out of the season that he's had. But how how big is how easy is that to replace your goalkeeper? It's, it's that's a difficult mm-hmm. one for me because your defence actually gets used to to that. You know, yeah. No, I was just going to ask Craig. I mean, yeah. as uh, someone that's been involved in building a new squad, you know, and trying to get it to hit the ground running, how much of a challenge is it going to be for Dundee United? to be ready to hit the ground running for a big European tie if, for example, they've brought in numbers that, as Tam's talked about, maybe six or seven new signings, and I would suggest minimum six or seven new signings. How difficult is that for them to be ready on day mean, one? I mean, that is a very big that's a very big task because nowadays the seasons are starting earlier and earlier. You're looking at these um, Betfred Cup games and pre-seasons always starting earlier. It's, it's like, it's like the, the, your close season, is. it used to be six weeks. You're lucky if you're getting three, four. It's, it's incredible by the time you need to come back in to be getting ready for it. Um, they're going to need to come, come in and, and, like you say, hit the ground running. But that's going to be difficult because the amount of players that they're going to have to integrate to us. Listen, they've still got a decent spine. I'm looking through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally. And and you've got the main players mm-hmm. from last season still there. Goalkeeper is a big one for mm-hmm. me. Your defence is pretty settled. Midfield's not too bad. You've got to add it. I think you've got to add one in there. You get Ian Hart's back. 
Detroit a new signing again. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're going to look at the now. Now you're looking at through the the, the centre forward is going to be massive as well. But so they're going to have enough there from last season. But like you said, um, injuries occur pre-season, etc. It, it's, it's a big ask. But that's when you know you're you're, you're going to need to trust some of the, these young players and mm-hmm. see can Archie Mikkelsen come in and, and, and start and start and be your starter and, and give him his opportunity. Can you know other, uh, Logan Chalmers? Can he come back mm-hmm. off of uh, his own spell with Inverness and, mm-hmm. and and be and be that player that's got that ability to go and use his pace and and and, and excite fans? That's the questions you're going to need to ask and. and, and Pre-season is going to be key for them. I, I, you know what, the word you mentioned there, I think is, is absolutely crucial. It's, it's one of the things that I think is, is a key in any football sider squad. I think, you know, they need a of the additions they need. You're, you're right, Alan. They're probably looking at six or seven. I think they need at least a couple of those new signings with a real pace, guys that can inject real alacrity into. And the, the the attack. I mean, um, you know, they've had a couple of players in the team and in the squad who have got a bit of pace about them. But I think you want, you know, a couple of flying machines, um, in, in and about the squad. I think you know, you, you you take the game to people, and you always worry defenders, central defenders, uh, fullbacks, and all the rest. Of it when you've got guys that have got pace because they can take you on the on the way, they can cut in and take you. Yeah. You know, so I think you're looking for that. You know, in, in terms of kind of you players that you want kind of midfield strikers um, you're looking for guys I think with a real real injection of pace well, we're certainly not going to beat the word alacrity that's well, the that's so the, I've always got the one in you know? <laughs> the podcast I'll use it on the call myself I'll look, I'll look up later <laughs> the, pod, the podcast's at a real high there Jim's dropping bombs it's, uh, and as I'm sure everybody that's listening already knows it's Europa Conference League third qualifying round Dundee United will be unseeded which Makes it a challenge, make no mistake, it makes it a big challenge. Some of the teams that are guaranteed to be in the seeded side of that draw and all sorts of complications occur. It will be split into many groups that they could potentially draw closer to the time. But for the overall window, Basel, Slavia Prague, Braga, uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, Stoya Bucharest, they're proper, proper teams. FC20 from Holland. But at the same time, that can feel onerous, it can feel intimidating, but when you list out those names, Craig, uh, that's got to excite the players, doesn't it? It's got to be where you want to be. It's got to be, and what and, and we've, we've watched this season with Rangers and, and Celtic, you, European games are different. It's not like the Scottish Premier League games. Look, look at Rangers. Rangers went and played in the, um, the Europa Cup and it was like, it seemed to suit them. It mm-hmm. seemed to suit them better at times when they would they would have a performance in the, in the Premiership and then they would go and play in Europe and it would be like a different team. So, listen, it, it's exciting. It's different football. Sometimes you come up against these these teams in pre season and you actually think, by the way, you know we we could we mm-hmm. could handle ourselves uh, yeah. and, and sort of round about these teams and maybe a one off game or maybe even a, a few games. So, it's nothing to sort of fear. It's something to look forward to. You look at the there's big names in there that have, that have got European pedigree behind them, um, and I think that if, if you're looking at that side of the group, you're you're thinking, right, well, okay, let's let's go and try and prove ourselves mm. against the Dutch side. You know, let's go and try and you know maybe if it's if it's the Romanians or anything, mm. it's different football. It's it's something that you're not used to, and I think that's the thing that you can may, that maybe can elevate your game as well. Jim, putting a punter's hat on for the moment, if you were to offer Dundee United and the fans, say a fantastic, easy to get to trip against, you know, to Prague, let's say, to play Sparta or Slavia, mm-hmm. do you take that? Would you rather have that? Or would you rather say, 
it's North Macedonia to play no. at Shkindia, where no, you've no, maybe no, got no. more. You've got more chance. I to went there with the Dons. No, no, <laughs> I'm not going back. <laughs> that was a, that was a purely hypothetical. Aye. But do you, are you are you prioritising great trip and big club, or are you saying no? Do you know what? Let's give us a tie. We can maybe get. Through. And it's only, it's only a maybe. You know mm. that we can maybe are more likely to get through. What's your priority at this well, stage? Well, I would have come with that. But Scott, I've got to tell you, still the Scott girl, and I, I always remember. You know, right. the Dons were there, and um, you know what it's like. The guy, you know, the, the we, we've done our stuff. The broadcast guys have done their stuff and I'm, I'm knocking out an online piece for the BBC um, and uh, you know the, the newspaper guys are banging their stuff out as well and we were literally I mean oh, within 20 minutes 25 minutes you know you've done the two pressers you're back on the bus and the reporter shall uh, remain nameless from the daily record but um, mm -hmm. he gets a ping there was probably he, only he, one he, over he, there Jim uh, you've he, just he, dubbed him uh, in he gets a ping <laughs> on the phone he went oh, that'll be Dell <laughs> it was Dell on complaining about his match report you know within about 25 <laughs> minutes the game started but no I mean I think you, you, you want you know, no, no disrespect to Macedonia we actually had a good trip there um, but um I, I, you, you want someone like Prague or you want something new. You want, you, I think you want a kind of a, a, a city where you can go and have a kind of almost like a mini break, enjoy yourself, you know, cheap drink, um, good nightclubs, yeah. and, and, you know, and have a sense of fun. Because there, there is every possibility it's going to be, you know, two games and you're out. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the, the nature of things. So you want a good trip, you know, one you can tell I, I can only about. Um, tell you about my, my one experience, and it was, with, it was when we went to Andorra and it was mm. C Principat. So yeah. you either get a team that's. Mm -hmm you know, like your 20, FC 20, that, okay, that's one of the bigger ones. And like, you don't want one in between that's a, you want a, an Andorra, yeah, a sea principal yeah. that we went away. I know what Andorra was, used to, I was on the block for the four days after I thought to Andorra, was, you know. Was it 8-0 eight, eight <laughs> away and 6-0 at home? It was like, so, you know, that, that you want one that you can maybe just yeah. get through like that. Yeah. And then you get, and then get another the trip, you know, and, and the other yeah. one was a Turkey trip, and which was which was crazy. But um, I think that's probably what you're looking at too. If you can get to mm. make it one that yeah. you're really going to go and go and win, um, and and then the next one is going to be tough, whatever whoever you get. But um, whatever's going to happen, it's going to be a great experience for fans. It's ah. going to be. I, I remember this the, the the Turkey trip like it was yesterday and, and some of the stories about Big Davies Sinclair going out onto the centre pitch before the game and we thought we were there early uh -huh. and there was like half of their fans are in the stadium and we're thinking uh -huh. we're getting there the early to look at the pitch and we're finding mm. batteries and coins in the centre circle <laughs> by the way and Davies Sinclair thinks it's a good idea to do the Hulk Hogan as if he can't ah, get the fans <laughs> um, which didn't go down well Sinky was crazy um, right Sinky was mental so I, I was kind of just sticking next to Sinky for the rest of the, the, the trip there and um, warming up behind the goals and, and getting absolute pelters but yeah oh listen some great experiences and, and hopefully they can um, take take something from it whether it's a, a good run or just um, you know use it use it for future in terms of individuals and their player, playing careers oh, that's absolutely fantastic and I mean it's considering it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say there was many people that were tipping rel Dundee United for relegation at the start of the season after Tam Courts was appointed it's fantastic that we're sitting here been able to talk about a season that's resulted in now looking ahead to European trips. So, no, I really appreciate your uh, you joining us, guys. Craig, thank you very much for thank your you. time and expertise. Jim, as always, absolute pleasure. And uh, Dundee United fans, enjoy your summer, and we'll uh, yeah we'll join you next time. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us.
Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>